ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey, I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Ben Holderness. We host the Holderness Family Podcast every Tuesday. You may know us from the silly videos that we make online. Or a book about marriage called Everybody Fights. Or as winners of season 33 of The Amazing Race. Still can't believe that happened. Listen, we do a lot of stuff, but our podcast is our most favorite thing. Yeah, because every week we get to sit down face-to-face, talk to each other about marriage, family, mental health, or just anything that we want to know more about. Sometimes we have expert interviews, sometimes it's just us, but our goal is to bring some joy and laughter into your life every week. Our other goal is that maybe you will learn something as well. Right. So search the Holderness Family Podcast and check out our most recent episodes. We have one about staying organized with creators of the Home Edit. And one about being diagnosed with ADHD as an adult. We hope you'll join us. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Hi, it's Dave here. This is my wife, Kathy. Hello. This is the Cinemile, the podcast where we used to walk home from the movies. Now we walk around absent-mindedly talking about films that came out a year ago, but were due to come out several years ago. Uh, so we actually, believe it or not, we recorded this episode, uh, this review of The New Mutants three years ago, but we've kept delaying the release of it along with the film. We were like... Initially, we we want to do a podcast episode. What are we going to watch? Oh, look, the new mutants is out to rent now. <laughs> that movie <laughs> that was so. supposed to be out in the cinema years ago. Dave, are you going to give us like a brief? No, do you know what? Because I don't know when. I literally don't know anything about it. Only that Dave told me it should have been out years ago. So let's just watch the movie, and then when we come back, I presume it's going to be wonderful, and then you can tell me all about its checkered history. What do you think? Okay, that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and I'm curious to hear from you guys if um, any of you have <laughs> went to see this because it? it did get a cinematic release uh, when cinemas were briefly open here in the UK back, I think, in August a few oh, months ago. Oh, wow, interesting. So it did actually eventually, it was screened in cinemas. So we could have gone to this instead of maybe like Tenet. It would be up there, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was around that time, I think. Um, okay, well, l- let's leave it there. Um, so we are going to so it's go... Like, what? It's an X-Men movie. Yeah, it's a... Uh, Yes, it is in the X-Men universe. It was made by 20th Century Fox, but pre the Disney acquisition of 20th Century Fox, which I'll go into in some detail in the troubled backstory <laughs> section of this podcast. Okay. Um, but I'm actually quite... Ho- I know this. I think it's been it's been a much maligned um, film. I, I don't think it, it received very positive critical reaction, but I, I'm a big fan of the X-Men stuff and superheroes, so I'm going to keep an open mind. And it seems like a good cast, so it's Anya Taylor-Joy from Queen's Gambit. Hot off the Queen's Gambit. Yeah. Oh no, hot the years before the Queen's Gambit. Um, <laughs> Macy, Macy Williams, Williams. Uh, your man from Stranger Things. Which, which one from Stranger Things? <laughs> uh, your man, the <laughs> Nancy's boyfriend, the brother, the older brother the older of Mike. The Stranger Things, wow. Who knows what his name this is. is right. This is a few years old, because he he, I guess he was re- probably really he hot. Was hot property hot off, he was probably in 2017 hot one, yeah. when they shot. This. <laughs> um, uh, okay, cool. Yeah, so here we go. Uh, so see you guys uh, in a little bit when we've watched The New Mutants. Bye. Bye. You're not alone. Not anymore. Do you know what mutants are? Would anyone like to share their first time? Rain? I was 13. I thought it was a dream. I just lost control. Sam? I started panicking. People got hurt. Roberto? My girlfriend had burned hair. 
We're back. We watched uh, The New Mutants. But uh, before we talk about that, quick shout out to some of you lovely listeners who have joined the Cinemile High Club, our Patreon exclusive podcast where we chat about old movies and uh, new TV shows. So a big thank you and welcome to Matthew Wallace Wells, uh, Chris Attaway, who is a fellow Married at First Sight Australia fan, <laughs> we've discovered. Um, Alexander uh, Sykes, former work colleague. Hi, Alex. Um, Hi, Alex. When uh, Ashling Cunningham uh, and your sister joined, Jackie Cullen. Or as she's called in France, where she lives, Jackie, Jackie Coulon. Who I believe Coulon. featured recently on the Cinemile High Club. She did. Talking about Bridgerton. She did. <laughs> if you would like to join them in their ranks, uh, <laughs> you can uh, join at patreon.com forward slash the Cinemile. It costs two or three pounds a month and you get access to all loads of uh, more than 20 movie old movie reviews instantly that you guys get to choose and TV reviews. Thanks, guys. And New Mutants. Well, firstly, not very long. Oh, what a lovely, what lovely running 85 time. minutes? Less than 90. Um, could feature on the 90-minute uh, film festival <laughs> could, podcast, yeah. Sam. Um, but, crucially for me, it ain't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And it's, it's not bad, better it's better than a movie I saw in the cinema that you didn't see, the rebooted Fantastic Four. Oh, yeah. It's much better I've than that. I've never seen that. It's supposed so to be it, dreadful, Because right? that was my benchmark. It, mentally I was thinking it's going to be worse than that or what because I, I, knowing nothing about this movie and having not even seen a trailer for it but knowing that there was rumbling and issues in the background of it no it's not as bad it really isn't um, in fact like, it, it doesn't feel very cinematic I will say that what it felt like to me was like maybe a three part teen TV drama yeah it feels like this would have made a better TV yeah, show yeah it felt like it a mini series that's made for TV about teenagers that was kind of edited poorly into a movie and as you're watching the movie there's moments where I think this could be really good but like the edit is just a mess but oh, I mean I like I enjoyed all the characters there's five teenagers and they are new mutants as the title would say and they're kind of newly coming into their powers and learning how to navigate them whatever and they're in like kind but of they're a in a mysterious setting. facility <laughs> it kind of reminded me also of um Glass was it Glass that movie in the yeah, split, split it does have uh, vibes of Glass uh, and she's in Glass Anya Taylor-Joy this is better than Glass though for my money it's it's in the same vein if you like think of Glass and like the Fantastic Four and like some form of an X-Men movie it's in that vein it very much felt like a tween movie to me though it didn't really yeah. feel like a movie for adults it's got a young adult vibe yeah but honestly sure. I, I really didn't think it was bad but now if I'd gone to see it in the cinema 
I, I think wouldn't have I, been overly happy that yeah. I spent money on it. You know, we I mean Same. we paid to rent it there a couple of pounds, but like three pounds at home, yeah. uh, ninety minutes doesn't outstay its welcome. I, I thought it was totally fine. It's totally fine, but like yeah. sorry, somebody is somebody cutting is, the grass. No, oh no, it's a motorbike. He's said this guy who lives not, near no, us. No, this is a recording studio. I actually really this admire whole this street. Guy. He lives near us, and he spends upwards of I'd say five hours a day cleaning his motorbike it is, guys are you it, this is a podcast so you can't see what I'm saying but it is polished it's, man it's unbelievable it's a polished uh, <laughs> wheels anyway um, so yeah they're my thoughts in the movie really and I yeah, I don't know Great. very much. Well, thanks for listening to the Cinema. Uh, that's been our review of the New Mutants. It's grand. I don't. Yeah, I look. I don't know how much else I can add. Uh, well, we will do spoilers of this in a bit. By the way, I did uh, enjoy so we... Maisie Williams as a dog. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. Her, her mutant power is to be a dog and to turn into a dog with like yeah. a weird mullet that kind of grows out as you're turning into a She's dog. She's very Teen Wolf. Um, <laughs> Which kind of reminded me of our uh, toddler Oscar's current hairstyle because we're in lockdown. And he can't get a haircut And he won't let me cut it So it's just full mullet <laughs> It does look a bit like that um, I, I, I will say like um, This movie is fine It it could have Like you can see a better movie in here And I'm not quite you, you put it really well While we were watching it You said Do you ever watch a movie And you like can't figure out Why it's not working Yeah and that's I what I kept thinking with us Have the same thing Like it's I was watching it being like This isn't gelling Like nothing's really fitting together here Even though it should but the setting's and cool the characters are pretty cool the, they're good actors but but but, but it's not work. there's no there's no spark there's no life yeah. and there's no chemistry so i think those are the things that it's it's the unseen things you cannot plan for um are just not present in this movie there is no life to it and and in, it's funny cuz i'll get to the sort of background production of this in in a, in a minute because it is very interesting how this all came about but it was pitched as um, nominally being like Stephen King meets The Breakfast Club, which actually sounds quite cool. I, said in the X Men universe, I can see where they're going with that. I can, and and you can see the elements of that. I even Breakfast Club is an easy one to call to mind while you're watching this. But it's an, also an unfortunate comparison point because you're like. This, this ain't no breakfast this club. Ain't no breakfast club. <laughs> this is the problem. But I think the characters it, in this one, you never get to know them well enough, like you do in the Breakfast Club. Like you kind of just arrive in the characters and and you meet them very briefly and you see some interactions with them, but it's like you don't get under their skin at all. Like the closest, exactly. I felt, the two, the two leading ladies, Maisie Williams and then the main actress, whose name I can't remember. I, I felt like I kind of knew them. But even then, it's very tangential. Like I, they're the only ones who are given any any interest, anything interesting to do, and, yeah. and anything that furthers their sort of plot development. The rest of them are all just have backstories. The other thing that that's aren't exactly like is the Runaways, <laughs> which was a Marvel TV yeah, series that we like really that. liked and we watched season one of. And there's to the point where one of the guys in this just looks exactly like the guy from The Runaway and appeared, I think, had very similar skills to him though I can't quite remember. Like, it's just so derivative and it's interesting that it was even pitched as Stephen King meets The Breakfast Club because it's like, it has to, within the X-Men universe, it has to be pitched as inspired by multiple things we already know because it's so completely unoriginal. Yeah, and exactly. And that the problem is it just reminds you of things that are better than it. Because there's some scary creature design. Like, there was one monster called... Like, yeah, we'll talk about it in the spoilers. Yeah. People might... <laughs> But that might was, not want to be spoiled but that, the, one of the creature designs I was like this is a really scary creature but like I feel yeah. no fear yes Just, uh, okay well a lot of what you're describing can be explicitly spl- explained by the react the, the 
production history of this movie. Okay, give us the history. So, which is very interesting. Um, yeah, because so it's funny that, like, I remember last year when it came out, like, you and lots of other people were tweeting, like, oh, this is what age they were all when it was filmed, and this is the age now. It's like, so what? There was it became years. a joke. It became a punchline because it was delayed several times over the course of two years actually it actually came out two and a half years after its initial original release date which wow. isn't the longest time but in the, but in the movie, movie land it's pretty but partially like the age that the characters are and like casting young actors is like they've aged out of it now like well they did have a they have a they, uh, I'll, I'll explain the, um, the, the that did factor into it, their age at one stage they were going to do reshoots towards the end of 2020 but they decided that they didn't look the same anymore. So it just, <laughs> just wouldn't, wouldn't have really work. It's just Anya uh, Taylor Joy with like her short red, like yeah. Queen's Gambit hair. I think it would have been noticeable. Which was one of the things, funnily enough, that you mentioned Josh Trank's Fantastic Four because they did reshoots. Oh, they were bad. And uh, your one didn't have the same hair, right? So the, no. and the, the wig is quite a funny thing. What's her thing, name? Not Zoe Deschanel, but. Was it her sister? She's a uh, Rooney Mara. No, sorry, Rooney Mara's sister. Rooney Mara's sister. Kate Mara. Kate Mara yeah. She. It, we, me, Jackie, actually, who's our new patron, and mom sat in the cinema and laughed her heads off at it because it was like, oh, there's the wig. Oh, the wig's gone again. Oh, there's <laughs> yeah. the wig. The wig's gone again. So um, we, we were kind of looking for something similar in this movie. Like, where's the reshoots? Was there... But here's the interesting thing. Reshoots were planned several times, but they also get getting delayed and they never happened. So there are no reshoots in this movie. So why um, is it such a mess and why was it delayed then? Right, let me tell you. So um, It's not even a mess. It's not like Artemis Fowl bad. It's just... You know oh something's no, it's wrong not with it. nowhere near yeah. as bad as that movie. This is just, and it's fine. Honestly, I was it just it's quite very was, oddly I short it, for a movie of like in this universe. You can tell there's not much to it. They, yeah. but, they, but honestly, I thought it was fine. I thought it like, I I didn't hate it. It's absolutely fine. Yeah. It, it is a con- coherent piece of. Um, but come on, production work back. that has some merit. Yeah. But like, I, I, it's nothing to recommend or get excited about. Yeah. It really isn't. Um, Right, so I'll start with with sort of the promise of this movie is is quite something, and and I really honestly feel bad for the the, the writer director Josh Boone who brought this to life, because this is, feels like it sounds like a passion project, and he I don't think he is responsible for any of the the twists and turns that happened over the past few years in this film. So I genuinely do feel bad for him that he that this is where he got to um, but he directed The Fault in Our Stars um, oh wow that's huge in 2014 oh, and but I watched that on a plane once and I like I nearly got sick I was crying so much so he's got the uh, <laughs> the YA credentials right and he certainly so is he, capable of drawing out emotions and oh, yeah. none in this movie exactly but, so that's yeah. what's interesting so he pitches to um, he pitches this movie um, to Simon Kinberg who is the uh, has been involved in the X-Men franchise with 20th Century Fox since the very beginning and directed as a producer mostly but directed the ill-fated Dark Phoenix thing that we saw last year um, so he oh, pitches it, him so he goes off Josh Boone by with, last year you mean 2019 right because 2019 sorry, we didn't ago, see yeah, anything yeah. <laughs> uh, Josh Boone goes off with his best childhood best friend Nate Lee um, and the two of them um, create an actual comic book of based on the uh, New Mutants was an actual comic book property that they loved as children and they wanted it to turn into a potential trilogy so they actually made a comic book which was their to, which their pitch to Simon Kinberg which That's is very cool. very cool, cool. And they, so there's like almost like storyboards of what the comic of what the f- trilogy would be in comic book form so you like can totally tell us when the movie ended they thought there was going to be another movie yeah oh yeah 100% <laughs> but the um first of all that's an awesome thing to do that's an awesome job interview pitch 
He loved it. Uh, he described it, Simon Kinberg described it as really dark, interesting and different from the typical X-Men stories that we had read. Uh, I said they kind of pitched it as um, Stephen King mixed with um, uh, The Breakfast, Breakfast Club. Club, which is kind of interesting. It also, here's this, an interesting stuff. The first draft was supposed to heavily include Professor X with James McAvoy. It was set in the 80s uh, and it was also said to have um, Alexandra Ship, who... Uh, was to reprise her role of Storm from X-Men Apocalypse. So this is right after the third X-Men movie with the the new cast, X-Men Apocalypse, you know, the one with Oscar Isaac set in the 80s and all that. So this was going to tie directly into that. Um, But... But we so we we've watched that movie for this podcast, didn't we, a few years ago? We did, yeah. It was one of our first ever cinema episodes. I remember that. But here's where the studio get involved, right? (laughs) So, (laughs) So that was the pitch. Simon Kinberg loved it. It was supposed to be a full-on horror movie, like yeah, absolute. There was bits of it where I was like, "This could be really scary," yes. but clearly someone's diluted it. Exactly right. So they start to, they start to develop the film. That's what they wanted. That's what everybody wanted. Uh, Josh Boone and and his friend Lee wanted to make this, uh, but Fox were like, mm, "No, they didn't like the uh, they didn't like full-on horror." Right. So they said, "Right, it's going to be." Make it horror, but without any excessive blood or scares. But isn't that interesting? And make it more young adult focus. to be like R-rated, and then that was. Huge. Oh, you are you are no. You're only at the beginning of the journey oh, here. Right, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so they the film's uh, pr- principal photography. They they shot it all basically, which uh, Boone described in an interview. Josh Boone as very stressful because he felt quote a bit neutered during the process, due to having to tone down the film from his original full horror ideas, right? Yeah. So uh, so Fox are like, tone it down. We don't want it to be scary. We want it to be more young adult focused. That's that's the brief. And he That's so, bad though, because young adults happy. love scares. I know, right? But then what happens? The film It comes out in 2017. Starring a different kid from Stranger Things. Yep. And then the... Um, then Fox is like, oh, that film was really popular <laughs> with teenagers and it was very scary. So they say to Josh Boone... And they heard it like Friday the 13th or Scream or like Nightmare on <laughs> Elm Street. Smacks of stupidity. So they're like, okay, let's make a... So they decide to, to tr- trial something out, right? So they've got the, <laughs> they've got the first cut of um, The New Mutants and they say, let's make a trailer for this. And let's ramp up the scary elements. Let's make this look like a crazy-ass, scary, R-rated horror movie in the trailer. And then they put it in... Um, and then they decided to, to, to run it, and it was, like, really well-received by audiences. They were like, whoa, that looks amazing. So then Fox... Did you were, see that when it first came out? I don't remember. I must have. So then Fox... <laughs> so then Fox go back to Josh Boone, and they're like, okay, we want you to make the original vision. Make a really scary... R-rated horror film. Let's go for it. And it's he's like, like, you know, you can't get Maisie Williams that easily. Like, I know. To come back. <laughs> so, She's like in the final season of Game of Thrones. So to to, to allow this to happen, they pushed the film um, out a year. It was due to come out in January 2018 to allow him for reshoots. And uh, at one stage, it was looking like they would have to re- uh, shoot more than half the film to make it more frightening. Right. Okay. But what happened then? Deadpool two got moved in the slot that it was at so they had to get moved uh, again back out to to 2019 and then Dark Phoenix gets moved to its slot so then it gets bumped another six months so that's (laughs) firstly that's two reasons it got moved because of the Fox slate uh, prioritising other 
X-Men movies and Deadpool, right? Then March 2019 comes along and Disney buys Fox. Mm-hmm. And at this stage, um, they're basically like, suddenly it's all up in the air as to what they're going to do with this because it's tied into the X-Men series, which Disney are basically going to scrap because mm-hmm. they're going to tie it into the MCU. Um, so then it gets pushed back to April 3rd, 2020, and then the reshoots were set to take place at the end of 2019. But by this stage, they couldn't get the cast together because they're all committed to various television and they're series. they're all 40. And they're, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and also, in August 2019, it came out that Disney were not very impressed with the cut of The New Mutants uh, because and th- thought it had limited box office potential. Reminder, this is the cut that Fox made him make initially, <laughs> which was his... Um, you know horror film without any scares anyway long story short um the reshoots never happen uh, he comes in under the new disney management to try and just finish the thing and get it out and it's due to come out on march 12th 2020 Aww. but then the covid19 pandemic happens <laughs> <laughs> and disney get a bit scared and so they pull all their theatrical releases and then on then it was due to be listed uh then it was due to come out like later in may and at some stage uh, but eventually there was talks of it coming out on Disney Plus as an exclusive but that probably didn't fit their family friendly vibe so the poor film just got absolutely just kicked about <laughs> in between two studio acquisitions um, studio executives at Fox not knowing what the hell they wanted changing their mind halfway through and then eventually the film just like hobbled into cinemas in August it's so interesting because this is the kind of stuff that happens all the time but it's so notable with this I think in particular because of the age of the cast like if it if it was a movie that was shot a couple of years ago with adult actors it, just, it wouldn't be talked about as much and also they the fact that they released all those early trailers years ago and kept moving the dates is it like is mad like to have released a full horror trailer for what this is now I just I mean it, it, I just wish that this guy had got to make the, the film he wanted to make it sounds like it will we go to spoiler street and talk some yeah spoilers? yeah yeah let's yeah. do that so spoilers now for the new mutants but thank you for all your research on the very very troubled uh, production yeah <laughs> honestly it's very it's very interesting and it, it made me um it made me empathize with the, the you know often what happens is often people watch a a movie and if they don't like it then it's like well that's a, he that guy's shit you know that's a shit director or that's yeah. a shit right and also by the way this movie at the in the credits even calls it out d- was made by more than created 15,000 jobs often movies say that in their credits yeah. this movie created 15,000 jobs so it's like I, I just it is also a const- good thing to have a constant reminder that like a movie isn't a director you know, a director is just the, in charge of all of these people like, and bringing something to like life. Unless you're like a Martin Scorsese and you have complete control over but your even product. even he, even like, like, think of Quentin Tarantino, who is somebody who is attributed with being a very single author vision of his work. He, you, as soon as his long-term editor um, disappeared off his um, career, for me, I think they go downhill. Yeah, so you've got all these people surrounding people like Martin Scorsese and Quentin Tarantino. No, but I mean in terms of unnoticed. permission from the studio to do what they want. Oh, like sure, guy, sure, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's like newer, I didn't have that. No. But yeah, it's interesting because throughout the movie, we effectively have the five main kids and then their so-called doctor. And that's it. And that, that I think that's partially why it didn't feel part of the X-Men world to me. Because there's six people in the whole movie. That's what I don't I'm saying, think, yeah. yeah, exactly. There's, there's literally nobody else. No, and that's there? why it didn't feel like... Except her dad at the beginning, I guess. Yeah. It didn't feel part of like that X-Men 
universe to me because that's a very heavily populated universe it feels very different and that's cool for a horror film because horror films can be really claustrophobic and scary when you don't have very many people but then when it's not an effective horror film like if I hadn't known the duration up front because we saw it when we rented it I kept thinking that they were going to break out and then do something else yeah but the fact that it's not very scary or claustrophobic and then at the end they they only break out in the last few minutes it's kind of like what am I watching? And I think that's why I felt like a TV show. It just doesn't have the scope or the scale of a movie it, or the tension. It has not, but, it's but not cinematic. But you're, you're bang on the money. If you're good, if, like, it, it can be very effective to set something within a very small setting, a creepy setting. This, like, this, this is an actual like, um, former hospital. It's also where the Martin Scorsese shot Shutter Island. Oh, no way! So, like, and, and that it film... really like the place that of That film is creepy and yeah. filled with dread and that location should be like that but this um, this this had none of that right this it is this, this, there was no atmosphere to this film but also the cuts to it like it's literally one minute every, they kept starting these scenes of like okay we're all in therapy now we're all going to talk and you're like okay we're going to get to know the characters one person will talk then it will just cut to the next scene where they're all in like the rec room together and you're like yeah. where did the therapy session go I don't know if that's them trying to cut out scary bits or what but like there's no any, flow to anything yeah there's no flow Th- to then it then there's it's like jarring. the lie detector scene where it's like okay now I'll take my turn and then it's like nobody asks any questions and he says <laughs> and my father gave me this coal and it's like okay your dad gave you some, some coal I guess and but like what's your man your man's the cannonball's backstory is like he accidentally killed his father I mean that's awful in a but I'm like, that's but all that's there all is know. to your whole no, what thing. About the like, Why are you even there? I don't get the like the kind of rich asshole guy right at the start of the movie. He he's has like, nothing to do. At the start of the movie, he's an asshole, right? And then we see then nothing. Then he's not an asshole. And then he isn't. And yeah. we're like, sorry, why did he change? And why is he Why always, is he washing dishes? Why is he in the kitchen washing dishes all the time? We never get any explanation. So he's just, he's every just time we see him, he's, all the time. he's cleaning pots and pans and cooking. And it makes no sense. Like, yeah, it's just we can't. There's no point even nitpicking all the details of it. But there's so just so much inconsistency. But I really have to say that I enjoyed. Um, hold on, we move. I really enjoyed the um, the the main plot between the main girl who I can't remember um, her name because I don't recognise the actress and Maisie Williams. And I really enjoyed that there was the same sex love plot. And I thought they were very sweet. They were quite together. sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was really good. And I've got her. I've got uh, her name here. It's, oh no I don't sorry <laughs> Great. go on IMDB <laughs> skills are next to none but yeah I really enjoyed those two together I thought they were quite sweet and I guess that that was a little bit of the Fault in Our Stars vibes there and that like I thought he did the romance stuff really well and I guess that's probably because yeah. that remained unchanged around all the other stuff that was probably a similar plot that was probably the only bit I was emotionally invested yeah. in anything when she's about to be killed by the doctor and uh, we're waiting on wolf girl to come and save her and I was just like yeah I hope she saves yeah, her yeah I hope she and saves her too but the doctor her name is Blue Hunt the, to- the actress oh she's I really liked her yeah. um, but the doctor stuff was like a load of stuff must have been cut out with her because the doctor was just like a tool in someone else's plan but we never met the other person and never found out their plan so well, the doctor th- was just the a thing, tool right? so that was so the person this, this is why this film might have been a bit more interesting if it did connect to the Fox X-Men cinematic Well because they kept implying she was talking about Professor X and at one point the boy is like the dishwashing boy is going around in a wheelchair and like who do you think like implying he's Professor X and stuff yeah. Which, which, and they call out the X-Men they say that that's where they think they're they're potentially heading 
Um, but we find out in a sort of little thing, there's an Essex Corporation logo on her things, which in the Marvel Universe is run by an X-Men villain called Mr. Sinister, who was also teased at the end of X-Men Apocalypse. And, and that film, when that film didn't succeed, they told him to just scrap all the <laughs> links to that. But at one stage, John <laughs> Hamm was supposed to play Mr. Sinister in a post credit sequence. So that would have all been building up to a big X-Men villain and would have felt like it's laying some groundwork but here it's just kind of like yeah, okay okay where's it going so yeah. like, like I kind of like and I really liked actually the they think they're being trained to maybe be X-Men and they're kind of excited about that and then they find out that they're not they're being trained to be like killers yeah. but like but for where like then send us to that facility and let us see the really awful training they get to be killers and let us see them like break away from that training like there's just yeah there's just nothing and I, I think now that you've said that it should have been a full horror movie and that's gone that's what it is because when you remove all the horror which is like the whole point of the movie that there then is no point to this movie well the thing is exactly and it's like it was they they this was pitched um, is to a studio that had already released like Logan and Deadpool and so knew how to do this yeah right and it was also seen as something deliberately that was going to be its own tone set tangential to the X-Men universe it could have been really just cool like alongside Logan actually as like just two completely different ways of yeah. exploring this universe and I'm universe. just like I just felt I feel bad that they didn't allow your man to pitch to, to do what he had pitched yeah. do you know what I mean for various reasons and look that's how movies get made ultimately they are made by hundreds of people and decisions are made and budgets are changed and release it's just like most changed. jobs I've ever companies been in. are acquired you've so a great idea like... and by the end of your project you're like this is not what I <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> whatsoever I know. but yeah no honestly but at the end of the day we have to say the end product very mediocre but I actually did enjoy watching it and I think if I was very young like I'm talking 10 I'd have been all over this movie. But I, w- I will say, though... I shouldn't what- have probably watched it, but I think th- at that age it's very appealing. Yeah, you'd think they were true. very... The, the characters are very shallow, but you'd think they were very cool. Uh, I would have loved at that age to see, like, a love plot between two girls. I would have enjoyed all of that stuff. Um, and I would have found it scary. It's just for adults, it's like... Yeah, it's, not, it's just very yeah exactly so that's a good point though maybe maybe this does work on its intended audience it's, but if it's it, too it, violent it's though not, you wouldn't let a kid that age watch it yeah like the stuff with that smiley face they were gar- scary they that's were, the one they I was saying scary it's really design. scary yeah the smiley the, men the smiley men and the, yeah. the idea of Anya Taylor-Joy when she was a little girl cuddling her teddy in bed and these monsters coming together like that's awful that's terrifying but we just had no emotional connection to it and she was just like straight out baddie from the beginning she was so unnuanced as a character and then she suddenly flips and she's friendly and again it's like but why it's have like, you why flipped? Is, like what's happening? Was, but that's the problem the character's motivations didn't make sense and you're right they were incredibly shallow but but they, they also felt like they didn't feel authentic as teenagers no they felt like um, a man and that's something that would never have been fixed like if your man Josh Boone had gone back and um made his full horror movie we still would have been left with the problem that these don't feel like teenagers and they don't feel like teenagers with individual personalities that are gelling and charming yeah. and 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 it's important to remember that while we credited him with the success of The Fault in Our Stars that was, um, was an adaptation yeah. of a book so the work there was done for him because I think it's interesting when you talk about Anya Taylor-Joy's character whose name is Rasputin, by the way. Is it? Yeah. I didn't uh, notice that at all. <laughs> Ileana Rasputin. Um, um, she, felt, she felt very much like, to me, 
what a 50 year old man would think a teen, a, a, an edgy teenage girl would but be she goes around like, with a puppet on her hands exactly it's like ooh she's quirky she's got a puppet but also like and maybe some of this is in the comics I'm not familiar with it but it's like okay uh, enter Rasputin She's edgy. It's she's, kind of like Harley Quinn pa- light, isn't it? Oh, it's just like, it's so like, ooh, she spray oh, paints graffiti. And she's got torn stockings. <laughs> and she's a bit of a mean girl. And I'm just like, he was, this is It was isn't Regina George person. meets Harley Quinn. That's what it was. It, yeah. It, fashion-wise and everything is mad. But we have to go, because I think we've actually given this movie way more of a discourse than it deserves, <laughs> like, for sure. It's an, it is interesting, though. <laughs> it's it, really I, I had more fun unpicking what went wrong here than... I did watching the film which largely I was rolling my eyes at fair play to them because this is the kind of like shit movie that sometimes could be two and a half hours long so at least it's short and that was in fairness to that other Fantastic Four movie that was really bad that I saw in the cinema that was very short as well it's almost like they're like cut your losses like <laughs> yeah. like don't make this any worse for the audience than it needs to be and therefore I didn't mind it yeah it did not I say it's welcome it was yeah. like it, it, it came but it I did its thing and it left this podcast is I saying it's welcome but I said to you it's funny when, when Dave, I, I just said this podcast I know I did, one, one last thought <laughs> I went upstairs I went upstairs after this movie um and then uh, came back down and then I was like I've, I think I've literally forgotten everything that I just know. happened in the course of that like <laughs> it, it left you know the way sometimes you come out of a movie and it leaves this like like powerful like feeling in you where you're just either like stunned or it makes you think about the world differently or, or often a movie will just rattle around in your head for days and you're thinking about it and I'm just like this was like I like puff of air and it was gone yeah. there was nothing here there's not even you know also some movies are like I, we often we often equate movies to like um, cuisine so you know you get like you Do dine we? out on a, on a steak and it's like it's, it's gorgeous and delicious but then you mean a movie, we or like the I, movie viewing I, public I, I, often people do but like uh, and then an Avengers movie is total junk food but it's like very satisfying but it doesn't, doesn't really leave you you know very satisfied for long afterwards but this this is like not even a this is a pe- this is one single peanut this is, you know, it's no. Like, this is a skittle. You eat one, and then you've a massive sugar crack. Yeah, and you want more. Yeah, exactly. You, you want, want more, more but you don't get any because it is one skittle. <laughs> anyway, it is we not need, a bag Dave, of skittles. Can we end this podcast? All right, fine. Okay. Let us know what <laughs> confectionery you think this movie most relates to at the, uh, at Twitter. At Twitter, at we are at Twitter. <laughs> yeah, that's our we account. got that handle um, at the Cinemile on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, wherever you want. If you want to email us an extensive. Uh, email about your thoughts about the new mutants <laughs> I gladly read it and re- reply it's uh, thecinemile at gmail.com thanks everyone thanks for listening bye. bye we can get out of this together ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What do you do when no one else is watching? What do you do that makes you happy for no reason at all? What are you obsessed with? I'm Leslie Arfin, and I'm a writer, but I'm also a dancer, a painter, a vapor, a dollhouse enthusiast, and basically just an overall hobbyist. My podcast, Filling the Void, is all about what other people are fanatically into. 
We talk about hobbies, even if you don't have one. Listen to Filling the Void on Tuesdays on the Erios Network and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.